Welcome to the Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church podcast, your place for positive, uplifting messages of hope. To learn more about the church, feel free to drop by fredericksdachurch.org. Sometimes we complicate our faith in God and we get lost in religion. Pastor Quintana goes back to the basics, the ABCs of faith, acceptance, belief, and a call to action. Today we're going to um, enter into um, a most interesting subject, and uh, it's a subject that's been debated for many, many centuries, for many, many uh, millennia, really, uh, ever since the beginning of time. And the question is this, how can I assure my salvation? How can I make sure that if Jesus was to come today, that I would be saved? How can I make sure that I would fall on the right side of the fence when Jesus comes? And it's interesting because the answer in its simplest form is really very simple. I mean, it is so basic that a child can understand it. It's one of those doctrines that if you were just to to strip everything away and just talk about what's at the core, a, a child can understand it. But yet, it's one of those doctrines that you can spend the rest of your life studying. And you can spend a lifetime studying the nuances and the intricacies of this one doctrine, the doctrine of salvation. But today... I want, my desire, my wish is that for everyone here today, when you walk out of this auditorium, you can have the assurance of salvation. I want everyone to walk out of here with with how I entitled this message, I have no doubt that if Jesus was to come today, if he was to come tomorrow, I will be saved. And so I'd like to start Um, by asking you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. I'm reading from the New King James Version this morning. Acts chapter 16. And we're going to start with verse 25. Acts chapter 16, verse 25. I must add that to this message, to to the simplest form of this message, is what you must always return to. When it gets too big and too complicated, when you're having a hard time understanding it, you need to come back to this message. All right? Acts chapter 16 verse 25 says this, but at midnight... Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Now, that doesn't sound out of the ordinary until you read the rest of the verse. And the prisoners were listening to them. Here you have Paul and Silas praying and singing hymns. Where? In prison of all places. And it wasn't as though they were whispering or humming the songs quietly to one another. No. They were praying and singing aloud, loud enough, where the whole prison was hearing what they were saying. Now, there is such a powerful message just in that verse for us today. Because a lot of us may feel as though we're in a prison. A lot of us may feel as though we're we're in a situation where there's no way out. 
But this text shows us, this text teaches us that there is always something to be thankful for. There is always something to be grateful for. And that in any circumstance in life, we can pray and we can sing songs to God and we can give him the glory. We can give him the praise because there is always something to be thankful for. And that one thing that we always have to be thankful for is the one thing that we're going to cover here today. It is something that Paul and Silas lived. It is something that Paul and Silas knew. It was something that was a part of their very being. And that is why here you find them in prison with chains on. And yet, because of this truth, they were able to pray to God and sing to him and praise God, even though they were going through a difficult situation. But this is what it says. Verse 26. Suddenly... There was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Now, can you imagine? Just imagine yourself in that place. Here you are in this dark, damp prison, a Roman prison of all places. And here you are, you're, you're, you're praising God, you're praying to him, you're, you're bringing to memory all the wonderful promises that he has shared, all the wonderful things that he, he has said would happen, and, and you're giving God the glory. And in the midst of all of this, all of a sudden, the earth starts to shake. The prison starts to shake. The hinges start coming off of the door. The hinges start falling off of the chains. And pretty soon, next thing you know, the chains are on the ground. The doors are are wide open. and, And freedom is there. Can you imagine being there? And the Bible says that the chains were loosed. Everyone's chains, not just Paul and Silas. Everyone's chains were loose. Verse 27. And the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. This poor jailer, he understood the fate that was due to him, having now found out that all the prisoners under his guard had escaped. And so not wanting to face Rome, not wanting to face the government, he decided to take matters into his own hands. And so he pulls the sword and he's just about ready to stab himself when it says here in verse 28, but Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And that there is the question that we are trying to answer here today. What must I do to be saved? Now, the answer is as easy as one, two, three. It's as easy as A, B, C. So... What I want you to remember from here on out is the ABCs of salvation. Because it really is that easy. The ABCs of of salvation. And here it is. A. We must first acknowledge 
our need of a Savior. That is the first step to salvation. The very first step to salvation is A, we must acknowledge our need of a Savior. You know, you can talk to any counselor. You can talk to any psychiatrist or psychologist, any social worker that that works, you know, day in and day out with with people in need, people in recovery, people who are are addicted. And, And what will they say? The very first thing that must happen in order to bring healing into their life is what? They must first acknowledge that there is a problem. It's the very first thing that must happen. You know how you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. The very first thing that needs to happen is we need to acknowledge our need of a Savior. That's the very first thing. And you know, when we read Scripture, Scripture paints a pretty vivid picture of our need of a Savior. The Bible says that we have all sinned. And fallen short of the glory of God. How many? All. We have all sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. Now, here's the deal. It doesn't matter how much sin. It doesn't matter if you only sin once or twice or three times a day. Or if you sin a hundred times a day. That's not the point. The point that the Bible makes is that we have all sinned. And we have all fallen short of the glory of God. You see, every single one of us has been bitten and have been injected with the venom of sin. And that venom has sealed our fate to death. Bottom line, we have all been bitten with the venom of sin. And it doesn't matter if you've been bitten with just one ounce or a whole cup of this venom. This venom will kill you. It is the bottom line. You know, the most poisonous, I did a little, little searching around on the internet and found out that the most poisonous snake in the world, does anybody want to guess where it's found? Australia, absolutely. Most of the most venomous snakes in the world are actually in Australia. It's called the Inland Tapad or other, otherwise known as the Fierce Snake. They say that a bite from this snake will kill you within minutes. Minutes. The longest person who lived after having bitten by one of these snakes was just less than an hour. The most poisonous snake in the world. It, they say that one bite of this snake could release up to 110 milligrams of this venom. 110 milligrams of this venom, all right? And they say that it only takes a few milligrams, two to three milligrams, to kill up to a hundred people. It only takes but a few milligrams to kill up to a hundred people. And then the article went on to say that just a few milligrams of this venom can kill up to 250,000 mice. And I'm here to tell you today that this venom, we cannot compare this venom to sin. Sin is a lot deadlier than this venom. And we 
the Bible says, have been bitten with this venom of sin. And everyone here is in need of a savior. Do you know that the Bible says that our hearts are deceitful above all things and desperately wicked? Who can know it? The Bible also says, the Bible also says that even our righteous deeds are like filthy rags before God. In other words, the standard is so high. The standard is so high that even the good things that we do before God are like filthy rags. That's how high the standard is. You know, the things that you do in life that you walk away and you go, man, yeah, I felt pretty good about that. You know, that was neat. I was, I was able to help God. I was able to, to help so-and-so. Even the good things, even our righteous deeds, the Bible says, are like filthy rags. Now, before I discourage you, before, before you walk away from here saying, well, man, if that's the case, why even do anything good in life? Why, why, why even go out and, and do good things if, even, my, even if my righteous deeds are like filthy rags? Before you get discouraged and, and walk out with that attitude, let me just say this. The point to this is that we are in need of a Savior. And by acknowledging our need of a Savior, you will then experience God's grace. And when you acknowledge, when you realize how much of a need we are of a Savior, when, when you are able to realize that and, 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 and take that in, is when you will experience the grace of God that much more. Do you remember when Paul said, I am the chief of sinners? There, there, there is no bigger sinner out there than me. This was Paul. There's no bigger sinner out there than me. But yet Paul also said, where sin abounds, grace abounds that much more. In other words, the more you realize how, how much of a sinner you are, the more you're going to be able to experience the grace of God. It's interesting that sometimes... It's the other way around. Sometimes the closer we get to God, right, the, the more we feel as though we don't need God. Well, I, I got things together, you know. I'm doing all the things that I'm supposed to be doing. You know, you know me and God, we're, we're like this. But the closer you get to Christ, the more you will realize your need of him. In fact, this is what it says here in Steps to Christ. The closer you come to Jesus, the more faulty you will appear in your own eyes. For your vision will be clearer and your imperfections will be seen in broad and distinct contrast to his perfect nature. This is evidence that Satan's delusions have lost their power and the vivifying influence of the Spirit of God is arousing you. No deep-seated love for Jesus can dwell in the heart that does not realize its own sinfulness. The soul that is transformed by the grace of Christ will admire his divine character. But if we do not see our own moral deformity, it is unmistakable evidence that we have not yet had a view of the beauty and excellence of Christ. The first step to salvation is that we must first, A, what? Acknowledge 
our need of a savior. Until you acknowledge, and I'm not saying once in a lifetime, I'm talking about a daily surrender. Until you have a daily acknowledgement of your sin and your need of a savior. The ABCs of salvation. A, we must first acknowledge our need of him. And this is where the jailer is. This is where he finds himself. He finds himself going, I need what you have. I realize that I'm nothing. And so he says, what must I do to be saved? And then this is what Paul says. He responds in verse 31. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The ABCs of salvation. A, you have to acknowledge. B, you have to believe. Now this, (laughs) this gets some people upset. Okay? Because as inclusive as the Bible is with most things, in this area, it is very exclusive. In other words, the Bible is very clear. It is unmistakable that there is only one that you can believe in in order to be saved. You notice it doesn't say believe in someone. It doesn't believe it doesn't say believe in something. No, it says believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just uh, point your attention to the first uh, book of John. First book of John. Turn there with me if, if you can. First John. First John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Verse 12. 1 John chapter 5 verse 12 says this. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. Life. Pretty clear. Pretty unmistakable. Turn to the book of John. John chapter 14. John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Verse 6 says this. Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And listen to this. Just to make sure... We understand exactly what he's saying. He says, no one. How many? No one. No one one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus says. Jesus says, listen, no one, no one can be saved unless it's through me. You know, we live in a society, we live in a world that, that oftentimes teaches anything goes. All roads lead to Rome or all roads lead to heaven. It doesn't matter as long as you're a good person. As long as you just carry out the convictions in your own heart. It, it doesn't matter what you believe. Eventually, you'll get there. The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible says that there is only one way to heaven. And that one way is through Jesus Christ. Notice he did not say, I am one of the ways. He didn't say, I am one of the many truths. Jesus said, I am the way. 
I am the truth. I am the life. And no one, no one can come to the Father except through me. Now, the reason why this brings up, you know, some debate is because, you know, we ask the question, well, what about all those people who've never heard of Jesus? What about all the children that that never had an opportunity to meet Jesus and accept Jesus as their personal Savior? Listen, let me just say this. That if you knew the Jesus that I know, you would not be asking that question. Because the Jesus I know is a Jesus of love. The Jesus I know is a Jesus of justice. The Jesus I know is a Jesus who is fair. And you know the Bible talks about how he winks at our ignorances. He overlooks our ignorances. He doesn't hold us accountable for the things that we don't know. And so take those verses into account. But for us, in this context, it is important for us to remember that there is only one way, one truth, and one life, and that is through Jesus Christ. No other. When you get to the A of the ABCs of salvation, and you acknowledge that you are in need of a savior, you have a choice. You have an option. That choice is who is going to be my savior? Who's going to save me from the mess that I'm in, right? And and, and people turn to all different places They turn to all different kinds of religions and denominations. They they turn to, to science sometimes. Sometimes people turn to themselves. But make no mistake about it. That when you come to the acknowledgement that you need a savior, the one choice that will guarantee your salvation is Jesus Christ. None other. No one, I will remind you, no one comes to the Father except through me. And you know, the Bible in many instances says that everyone will someday bow at the sound of my name. Everyone will be given that chance to accept Christ or not. The ABCs of salvation. A, we must first acknowledge that we are in need of a Savior. B, of the ABCs of salvation is that we must believe In the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, here we have it, Acts chapter 16, again, verse 31. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in the house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes, and immediately he And all his family were baptized. I wish baptized started with a C. It would make things a lot easier. But just follow me here for a second. They were baptized. Now, when he had brought them into the house, he set food before them and he rejoiced having believed in God with all his household. Here it is. The C of the ABCs of salvation. A, you have to acknowledge your need of a Savior. B, you have to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And C, there will be always a call to action. There will always be a call 
to action. In this case, the call was baptism. As with most most individuals coming into the belief of Jesus Christ, most most people, when when they acknowledge their need of a Savior, right, and, and they believe in the Lord as being that Savior, Jesus Christ, usually the call to action is baptism. But did you know that there is a call to action every day of, a lo- of our lives? As we acknowledge our need of him, as we believe in him, there is a call to action. And this part of the ABCs of salvation is imperative for your salvation. Let me take you to a few verses in scripture. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to the book of... James, James, the book of James, James chapter 2, all the way at the end of the New Testament, just before um, Peter, James chapter 2, James chapter 2, verse 17. Thus also faith by itself or belief by itself, it is, if it does not have what? Works is dead. Read verse 14. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? Now, these are some pretty strong words. But before I continue, I need to make it clear, crystal clear, that we are not saved by our works. The Bible is very clear on that. We are saved by grace, through faith, in Christ Jesus, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So we are not saved by our works. But the Bible says... That our faith, or let me put it this way, that our works is the fruit of our faith, of our belief. And so here you have it. You have an acknowledgement. You acknowledge that you need a Savior. You then choose to believe that Jesus Christ is that Savior for your life. There will be a call to action. Most of our Christian journeys stop Right here. They somehow stall right here. We go from acknowledging that we need a Savior to believing in Jesus Christ as that Savior. And then before we take this next step, oh, oh, I don't know. I don't know that I have the strength. I don't don't know that I have what it takes. Uh, I'm scared. I'm embarrassed. Uh, What are they going to say? Or or what are they going to do? How are they going to treat me? Uh Uh-uh. The next step to this, to the ABCs of salvation is stepping out on that belief and actually acting it out, either by word or by deed. You know, it doesn't matter how many times I tell Heather I love her if I don't show her that I love her, then what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Our works is the fruit of our 
faith. And we are called to action. We are called to put that faith into action every single day. And unfortunately, what a lot of us don't realize is that this last component of this ABCs of salvation, this last component of, of a call to worship or, or acting out on our faith, this last component is a vital part of our salvation. It is a vital part of our salvation. You know, in this church, we have so many opportunities for you to get involved, for you to act out your faith. We have an, an amazing team led by Per Holman, the outreach ministries team, who, who are putting things together through concert series, through health uh, seminars, through um, evangelism that, that we're going to be doing in this church to, to reach out to the community. And, and they're doing awesome things, opportunities that you have to get involved. Do you remember last week, Lori Pennington got up here and she had a call to action, a, a, a call to action. Let's put your faith into action. She came up here and she, she made an appeal. I, I need help. We're, 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 uh, we're supervising the, the day shelter. I need people to sign up and to come spend an hour, two hours. Three people. Three people came. Three. And I was talking to, to Lori um, just earlier today. And she says, you know, th- there are churches in this community who have been turned away because we signed up. Because we signed up to, to, to put our, our, our faith into action. And that there were other churches that were turned away because we put our name on that list. And how is it going to look if we don't show up? My friends, faith without works is dead. And I want to encourage you that if, if this has somehow spoken to you today... To, to see Lori after church in the lobby and sign up and, and give an hour of your time or two hours of your time. But the ABCs of salvation is that we must first, what? Acknowledge our need of a Savior. B, we must believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And C, we need to respond to the call to action. Let me ask you guys a question. What was it that led this jailer to the acknowledgement that he needed a savior? What led him to that point? What led him to that point if it wasn't the fact that Paul and Silas had answered the call to action? Do you see how this comes around full circle? Your ABCs, your ABC of salvation will lead someone else to their ABC of salvation. Your acknowledgement of your need of a savior, your belief in Jesus Christ, and then stepping out on that faith and acting on that faith to that call, with whatever that call may be, will lead someone else to acknowledge I need a savior. Your ABCs will get someone to, to realize I need Jesus. He's my savior. Your ABC will lead someone else to say, I want to answer the call 
to action. It's very simple. ABCs of salvation. We acknowledge our need of a savior. We believe that Jesus is the savior. And then we just answer the call to action. Which at the end of the day is a call to worship. Because through our actions that are spawned on by the love of Christ. It is an act of worship that you partake in. So remember the ABCs of salvation. We acknowledge our need every day. As the closer we get to Christ, guess what? The more you're going to experience, the more you're going to know that you need him. The more you're going to acknowledge you need him. But with that comes an endless, endless amount of grace. But we acknowledge our need of him. We then believe in Jesus Christ, and we believe in, in who he is, who he said he is. We believe in what he did, and, and we believe in what he said he would do. And then lastly, the ABCs of salvation, we answer the call to action. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you so much that you have plainly spoken to us today. And God, we, we acknowledge today our need of you. God, we believe that you are the one. You are the one that was chosen. Really, you are the one that volunteered to come save us from the mess that we created. And now, God, we just pray for the strength and the wisdom to answer the call to action. Whatever that may be, however you call us, help us to to live it out. Live out our belief in you our prayer in Jesus name. Amen. No matter where you are on your spiritual journey, Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church would love to help you along the way. They are a family-oriented, grace-filled church serving the Frederick, Maryland area. You can feel free to learn more about them at frederickSDAchurch.org. For more podcasts, you can click on Sermon Audio. 